If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Hosea chapter 13. And since there are 14 chapters in Hosea, that should tell you we are very close to the end. We intend to finish the book of Hosea next week. The prophet of Hosea has been speaking to the people of Israel, trying to help them understand their condition, the condition that they are in. Israel thinks that they are very prosperous, and on the one hand, they are. Israel appears to be flourishing. They appear to have security. They appear to have fertility and success of agriculture and in every way. And on the one hand, Israel seems to be doing very well. They have a religious life. But on the other hand, Hosea, the prophet of the 8th century B.C., is telling these people it's all an illusion. You are self-deceived in all of your self-affirmation. You are not doing well, he says. You are actually in a condition of spiritual ruin. And so Hosea, chapter after chapter, week after week, as we've considered his message, it's as if he's taking a child by the shoulders and looking them in the eyes and telling them the truth about their disobedience and their waywardness. But like a stubborn child, Israel will not listen. Israel will not repent. Israel will not return to the Lord. But Hosea is relentless in his message about God's relentless love. And remember last week I told you, educators know that repetition is key. And Hosea is not afraid to repeat himself He will use the same images, the same language to call these people again and again and again to repent and to return to the Lord. And once again, he does it in Hosea chapter 13. And for the purpose of the sermon and the focus of the sermon, I'm going to read verses 1 through 6 and verse 9. So give your attention to God's Word. When Ephraim spoke, Ephraim being another name for Israel, people trembled. He was exalted in Israel. But he became guilty of Baal worship and died. Now they sin more and more. They make idols for themselves from their silver, cleverly fashioned images, all of them the work of craftsmen. It is said of these people, they offer human sacrifices, they kiss calf idols. Therefore, they will be like the morning mist, like the early dew that disappears, like chaff swirling from a threshing floor, like smoke escaping through a window. But I have been the Lord your God ever since you came out of Egypt. You shall acknowledge no God but me. No Savior except me. I cared for you in the wilderness, in the land of burning heat. And when I fed them, they were satisfied. And when they were satisfied, they became proud. And then 
They forgot me. You are destroyed, Israel, because you are against me. You are against your helper. Let's pray that the Lord would help us understand His holy word. Lord, would you open our blind eyes? Would you soften our stubborn hearts? And Lord, would you give us ears to hear your holy word? Even if these are words and messages we've heard time and time again, Lord, would you make them effective to our hearts and to our lives? We pray in Jesus' name that we would not forget and that we would not forsake the Lord our God. Amen. September the 11th, 2001. Immediately, your mind is probably filled with images from the television. 19 terrorists from Al-Qaeda hijacked four commercial airplanes and deliberately crashed them, two of the planes, into the upper floors of the north and south towers of the World Trade Center, and a third plane into the Pentagon in Arlington, Virginia. We remember that day because 3,000 Americans were killed and many thousands more were injured. Who could ever forget that? However, just months later, I think it's about a year and a half later, some of you remember that Daryl Worley in 2003 wrote a song. A song that says, Have you forgotten how it felt that day to see your homeland under fire and her people blown away? Have you forgotten? Have you forgotten? Have you forgotten? Now, those of you that remember the song will remember that just a year and a half after that horrific event in the life of our nation, concern became real that people were losing hold of the actual event and the effects that it had on our nation and on our world. And I, I offer that just because even now, the argument could be made, we have forgotten lessons learned from that day. But if you can forget that, if a people can forget something that close, isn't it just true to human experience that, that we know? We forget all kinds of significant things. History really does repeat itself. And there's something about the human person, the human heart, the human mind, the human experience that is just stubborn and prone to have to learn again and again and again through repeated mistakes. That is the case of Old Testament Israel. That is the case of God's people in the New Testament. And that is the case of the church today. The message of Hosea the prophet really is the same as Daryl Worley's song. It's the same message of, have you forgotten already? 
and so quickly. And that is the case for God's people. And Hosea would say that they need to ruminate on the truth. Now, parents of small children, there's your word to talk about at lunch today. Ruminate. Ruminate means to chew the cud or to think deeply and often on something. Ruminate is such a great word, and we use it and we learn it from ruminant animals. Those animals with a four-chambered stomach that graze and process food over a long period of time through four stomachs, and they are known to chew their cud. And it's called ruminating in our thoughts, just as the four-chambered stomach ruminates on its food and chews the cud and processes it deeply and over a long period of time. And Hosea the prophet would say, God's people, they need to ruminate. They need to think long and hard and deliberately about who God is, about who they are. And the same is true for us, for obvious reasons. Three simple points this morning, and the first is this. God's people have always been prone to forget the Lord. God's people have always been prone to forget the Lord. Whether Old Testament kings, priests, or the people, the laity, all of them, story after story after story of the Bible, is the story of God's people forgetting the Lord. Well, what did they forget? At least three things. They forgot their special relationship with the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6. You are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be His people, His treasured possession. And yet story after story of Old Testament Israel is them forgetting that. Them forgetting that they were to be distinct as the people of the Lord. And because they forgot that, secondly, they forgot their obligation to God's holy law. That He had given them the description of how they should live in the earth as His people. Joshua chapter 22, verse 5. Be very careful to keep the commandment and the law that Moses the servant of the Lord gave you to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, to keep His commands, to hold fast to Him, and to serve Him with all your heart and with all your soul. Words that Jesus would repeat in the New Testament. And then thirdly, they forgot God's powerful deliverance of them. They had forgotten their personal history with the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 15 was our reflection this morning. And remember what, remember what it says. Always remember and never forget, you were slaves in the land of Egypt, but the Lord your God delivered you. And you might remember a few weeks ago, I told you the story of, of John Newton, the former slave trader himself, converted to faith in Christ and a minister of the gospel who printed Deuteronomy 15.15 and put it above his mantle as a constant reminder to him, don't ever forget who you were, but the Lord your God delivered you. 
And so Newton models for us that's, that's how forgetful we are. And we need to post things that are true to remind us of who we are and who God is and what His description of us in the earth is. Because we are like they and we are prone to forget. Dr. Ben Shaw says this, Moses warned the people of Israel, take care and keep your soul diligently lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. This was a warning against the forgetfulness that characterized the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness. They had seen God's great acts of judgment exercised against Egypt. They had experienced God's great deliverance of them through the Red Sea. They had experienced God's provision for them in the manna and the water from the rock. Yet, when they heard the report of the spies concerning the land of promise, they forgot all that they had seen, all that they had experienced. And in the distress and fear of the moment, they forgot God. And isn't the same true of us? As we live through daily life in this world, isn't it easy to forget God's proven historic faithfulness and provisions to you and your household, to your tribe? Don't you know what it is to fret and worry as if God doesn't care, as if God doesn't have control, as if God isn't sovereign? You see, we are the same as they, and it has always been the case. We are prone to forget the Lord. That's why in Psalm 103, you hear something like this, praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits. Why does the psalm writer say that? Because every one of us is prone to forget all of His benefits. And we have to remind ourselves, don't forget, don't forget. Remember who you are. Remember who the Lord is. Remember what is true. Don't forget what you know by faith has proved to be true. Now historically in our tradition, people like Calvin and Luther have used this language and this imagery and even what we have done here together this morning in baptism to echo the truth of needing to remind ourselves what is true. Calvin and Luther both use the language of remember your baptism. Remember your baptism. It said, uh, and I found conflicting stories, so I don't know if this is myth or legend, but that Luther had printed on his wall, remember your baptism. Remember your baptism. Now, whether he did or not, the point is the same. We need to remember our baptism. Listen to what both of those men said concerning remembering their baptism. Martin Luther said, we must hold boldly and fearlessly to our baptism." And hold it up against all the sins and terrors of our conscience. 
and humbly say, I know full well that I have not a single work which is pure, but I am baptized. And through my baptism, God, who cannot lie, has bound Himself in a covenant with me, not to count my sin against me, but to, let, to slay my sin and to blot it out. You hear what he's saying? Remember the truth of your baptism. Push back on your disbelief, your doubts, your fears, your circumstances. Push back on it with the truth of everything that was said to be true of the gospel applied to you in your baptism. Calvin said something similar. We must recall the memory of our baptism and fortify our mind with it that we may always be sure and confident of the forgiveness of our sins. That is to say, you live through seasons of doubt, seasons of despair, seasons of discouragement. And it's easy to start thinking within your own heart because we're so feelingful. Oh, well, just maybe none of it's true. Maybe it's not true of me. Maybe I'm not a Christian. Maybe I'm just a lost soul. And those two theologians rightly say, no, 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 no. You're forgetting who God is. You're forgetting who He has said you are. But He has bound Himself by promise with a symbol of washing. Continue in that faith. Persist in that faith. Remind yourself of the truth of that. Otherwise, you're forgetting the Lord, which is what God's people have always done. So we push back on disbelief, doubt, fear, regret of our sin with what God says is true in the gospel because we are prone to forget. But the Lord is not. The Lord is not prone to forget. The Scriptures say He keeps His promises to a thousand generations. And so the Lord is not prone to forget, though every one of us is. And secondly, once you forget the Lord, the lesson from Old Testament Israel, from the New Testament, and from our own experience is this. Once you forget the Lord, you will easily forsake the Lord. You will easily forsake the Lord. What do we mean by forsake? Forsake means to abandon, to leave, to quit, to give up on, to turn away from, to neglect, or to stray. In our study of Hebrews many weeks ago, that was the language of apostasy. The turning your back on the Lord, giving up and walking away from Him and His church. And that is Hosea's concern for these people. That they have forgotten the Lord and now they are forsaking Him. They're abandoning Him and His worship and they're leaving the Lord. In 2 Kings chapter 21, there's a lesson told about the father Manasseh, his son Ammon. And I think it rightly applies to us that the sons are like the father's. And the sons of the sons are like their fathers. Listen to what is said in 2 Kings 21, verses 19 to 22. Ammon was 22 years old when he became king. 
And he reigned in Jerusalem two years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord as his father Manasseh, who had been king, had done. He followed completely the ways of his father, worshiping the idols his father had worshiped and bowing down to them. He forsook the Lord, the God of his ancestors, and he did not walk in obedience to him. That is the great warning of Scripture. First you forget the Lord, then you forsake the Lord. The fathers do it, their sons do it. But the Scriptures call for this miraculous work of grace that the fathers would believe and persist in the faith and that their sons and daughters would do the same. Something has to reverse this curse and make it possible to know the Lord. And it is the Lord Himself who will do that. Listen to Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. The Lord promises, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So the story of Scripture is that we are forgetful. Forgetful forsakers. It's in our nature. It's who we are. It was true of our grandparents, our parents. It's true of ourselves. It's going to be the nature of our own children. But the Lord our God has bound Himself to us by promise. And He does not forget And He does not forsake. We are forgetful. We are forsakers. But the Lord is not. And then thirdly and lastly, therefore we must not forget nor forsake the Lord who in verse 9 calls Himself our one true Helper. Remember the lesson from Israel's past is they had many false helps, many false hopes. They looked anywhere and everywhere except to the Lord. They would look to Egypt. They would look to Assyria. Anybody who had a strong military, they would want to make an alliance with them and have friends with benefits, military benefits, to strengthen them and to protect them. And the Lord said, You insult me. I am your protector. I am your shield. I am your provision. And the Lord again and again and again, and particularly in the prophets, He shows His own heartache that His people, like a wayward bride, Hosea says, they will not look to Him in all of His goodness, in all of His proven history to these people. They always... Look to the left, look to the right, look for anything but to the Lord Himself. And it's been true of all those who came before us, and it's true of us. And the message to them is the same message to us this morning, and that is to say, admit it all, confess it all. It's all sin, it's who we are, our hearts are bent, they're wretched and they're crooked. Every one of us will forget and forsake the Lord. 
It's in our spiritual DNA. But like them, we're called to repent and believe the gospel. Everything that we heard about the washing with water and the giving of a new name, a new purpose, a new identity, it's all true. It's all true. And it's true for the church, for those who put their faith in Jesus. So we're a people living in these conditions of promise, but with a burden of remaining in the Lord, keeping faith in the Lord, not abandoning Him to the left or to the right, but persisting in the faith. Two truths for us to ruminate on as we conclude this morning. Ruminate in the true sense of the word. To think deeply on these truths given to us in Scripture. The first is from 1 Chronicles 28, verse 9. Acknowledge God and serve Him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. If you seek Him, He will be found by you. But if you forsake Him, He will reject you forever. And then Isaiah the prophet, chapter 49. Here we see the beauty of the Lord. We feel the terror. What if we're given to forgetting and forsaking the Lord? What hope do we have? Listen to Isaiah. The Lord says... I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. That's how committed the Lord is to His people and to His church. As forgetful as we are, as prone as we are to forsake the Lord, every one of us, He says He has the names of His people written on His own hands. And He does not forget He does not forsake. He keeps His promises forever. Let's pray and then let's sing with hope that the Lord would be our vision and our focus. Lord, that is our prayer. Admitting and confessing our spiritual condition of ruin, of forgetfulness, of being prone to forsake You. Lord, we confess it all as sin. And our only hope is in your forgiveness of your binding yourself to us that we would not be able to abandon you or forsake you. So Lord, would you help us to believe that? And at the same time, Lord, would you be our vision? Would you be our focus? Would you drive out from us every distraction that is a false hope, that is a false God? And Lord, may we see and only see It's the Lord Jesus who is the help of sinners. It's in His name that we pray. Amen. Please.